Boom. We're live. What's up, man? Hey, John. How are you, mate? I'm very well. And you? After some tef- technical difficulties? How you doing? Uh, it's always the way, isn't it? I'm good, man. I'm actually pretty stoked to be on here with you. Uh, this is pretty exciting for me. So thank you so much for having me on. Well, I'm stoked to have you, man. I, before uh, I sent you the invite link, I was, you know, like I said, I got a bit of a busy day on my hands, but uh, I don't know why these conversations always get me jazzed. And for some reason, the ones that, you know, center around talking about how Bitcoin has influenced behavior, uh, get me even more excited, you know, cause like we talk about the finance aspect of this, the macro econ aspect and all, you know, the tech and stuff, but I keep, you know, the, the, the theme I keep coming back to is that this is so much, this is a behavioral revolution, you know, and the technology is just a tool that facilitates certain behaviors as it always is. And, uh, so I'm, uh, I'm pretty jazzed to hear your story and, and how the Bitcoin rabbit hole has, has influenced your life. Yeah, cool, man. And, and before I get into that, I've just got to um, just thank you again for having me on here because I have, since I sent that message to you on Twitter, um, I admittedly didn't know of your, bod- your podcast, John. And so I, I went down and, and, and listened to just about everything you've, you've done. <laughs> and um, man, it's killer. It's a really, really good podcast. And you've got this I don't know. You've got this real knack with um, people to be able to like tease out and, and draw out stories and information from them. That is, um, and that's real credit to you, John, you, you got a, you got a real gift, man. And so I, I, I love your podcast and I'm not just saying that cause you have me on. I actually really freaking love it. And um, yeah, you, you, I also like the thought that here you are speaking with me. I'm a nobody from Twitter. Uh, and, and you're taking time out of your day to do that. So huge thanks, man. But um, anyway. Appreciate it, man. You want to hear my story? Uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's where, get into it. Let's start from yeah, the start. Where, where do I start? Right back from the start. Well, um, yeah, so since this is about how Bitcoin's changed me, I'll, I'll go right back. Um, when I was a young guy, I um, got a trade. And then after doing that for a few years, I I was sort of drawn towards finance and I ended up getting involved in foreign exchange trading and um, that went really quite well for me and uh, after a series of events I found myself um, teaching that for a for I'm, I'm a, an Australian so I'm Australian based and uh, there was a, a, a position in a company that came up where I was able to teach foreign exchange trading to uh, what started as a small group of people and ended up being, uh, I was taking care of about 2000 clients. And so um, th- that, that background was really interesting for me because uh, I sort of watched how, you know, like 95 to 97% of people just blew their accounts <laughs> so quickly. And uh, everyone was looking to escape the, the rat race and uh, we were trying to help people do that. And, um, so from there, um, oh, actually, before I go to the next part with that, John sort of came a, a really, you know, sort of above average income for me, um, through a mix of my own personal trading and also a really high paid um, position that I was in. And I found myself sort of doing what I think most people do when they've got 
incredible amounts of money coming in. It was flowing out the other hand just as fast. And while I probably wouldn't have admitted it at the time, I was um, a, a, a bit fake and showy. And I know when, when you first reached, uh, put that question out on Twitter of how has Bitcoin changed your behaviours and I sort of sent back to you how it's changed my behaviours drastically. Um, it's sort of in retrospect, looking back, my behaviours needed to change. And I, I sort of found myself where I was living in the, you know, double storey expensive house and had the, the Merc in the driveway and the Harley next to it and the jet ski next to that and the boat next to that. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I'm also a family man, so I've got young and older children. Um, but I I don't know what it was. I think I was trying to fill a, a void like most of us do. And while that was all fun and all the travel and everything like that, the things that mean the most to me now um, did back then as well, which is spending time with my kids and family and taking care of my health. And uh, they sort of, I don't know, they sort of fell to the, they sort of become second place for some reason, like in the quest for financial freedom and chasing the money. And it's funny how when you've got these high incomes, I don't know if other people listening to this have similar experiences, but you sort of get stuck on that hamster wheel. On, on, you're stuck on that rat race. Like once you, once you start buying all that shit <laughs> to make you happy, you then got to keep working hard to bring the income in to pay for it all. And um, admittedly, looking back on it, a lot of it was showy and and kind of to say, look at me, I've I've made it. Even though at the time I thought it was just a byproduct of having you know expendable income. Um, so when, when we relate that to, um, Bitcoin, that's, that's had a huge change for me, John. Yeah. I mean, I, I've heard this story before, you know, it's interesting. And, and that's, that's the way that we're all brought up, right? Like you're, you come to revere and envy the people with the big house and all the toys and stuff. And like, you know, in one sense, it's natural because, you know, you want to have more, you want to have more ability to have different experiences and so you get working and you get making money and once you have money you know the payoff is the ability to spend it right so i think and some people are more frugal than others and you know maybe brought up differently and as you say didn't have maybe uh the need to fill any kind of you know to the extent that you know buying a bunch of toys is some kind of you know, mechanism to fill something, you know, uh, some people have that more than others, but, you know, we just, we're not taught these, we're not taught the, you know, kind of the the principles that emerge from engaging in Bitcoin in, in our upbringing, you know, our education system is so fucked in, in so many different ways. And we're really not taught or imbued with, you know, the, the mindsets and the habits and routines and the way of thinking about things that, actually sets you up for, you know, to be an adaptable, successful person in the world. You know, you're, you're kind of, it, it, it creates cogs in a machine and there's a, there's a usefulness to that, but um, yeah, I I don't think we get taught the, the important things uh, in our upbringing. So, uh, so, so, so keep going. Let's, let's, uh, what, what, what changed? 
Yeah, so what, what changed for me was actually a, a health crisis, John, and without giving too much away about um, it and who I am, um, I had sort of lived my whole life of just trust everything, really. Like I was trusting uh, what mainstream media taught me. I was trusting what doctors and the medical system taught me. And I was um, just sort of, you know, the whole ethos of, of Bitcoin is what has really grabbed me, which is fair if I don't trust. And I wish I'd had that, you know, a decade ago. And um, so f funnily enough, when my, um, and I won't go too deep into it, but when my health yeah. fell, fell away, uh, I found myself bedridden for a couple of years and Fuck. this, this, yeah, it was, it was crazy, mate. And so you can imagine the, you know, the knock on effects from that Jesus. when you're living this high lifestyle and you need the income to support it. Um, it sort of made me question everything. Um, like, I mean, everything questioning, questioning what I ate, um, questioning who I put trust in um questioning the medical system um, and i know we're, we're chatting about bitcoin but it, it really took me down a, a a deep deep rabbit hole and this was before i found bitcoin um and so here i was sort of laying in bed um you know with an income dwindling and assets having to be sold off and things like that and just questioning everything and um then i went deep down the plant medicine route and i've actually heard you speak a little bit about this um yeah. i heard you speak to other people about how you, you've done ayahuasca and all sorts of things and so all these things were of high interest to me and i started um using um, marijuana to help me with um, pain and that i don't know something about doing that and then using other plants um to help me with things that i was going through just started to change my perspective a little bit. And I then learned about um, how to heal myself from within in terms of uh, the, the, the way you think, uh, what you eat or what you don't eat specifically, and then for extended fasting. And I did all these things and, I, and, and all of a sudden I started to um, regain my health after it was a long journey. When I say all of a sudden, that's not correct. It was over a few years. I, I started regaining my health and, and oh, I felt shit. like I come out the other side, an entirely different person. And there was a few, you know, mushroom trips involved in all of that. And, and so it was, it was it just, always this, is. Um, <laughs> there always is. Man. You can't say you've tried plant medicine unless you've done some mushies or two. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I feel like all of this was sort of um, prepping me to be ready for when I did find Bitcoin, if that makes any sense at all. But totally. when Bitcoin was first um, put in front of me, I did what most people did and um, dismissed it. That was in 2016, early 16. Um, I, I, I admittedly dismissed it and, and didn't give it enough attention. Um, and then early 2017 uh i i had a second look at it and i was still trading the foreign exchange market heavily at that point um that was probably my lifesaver to be able to create income from a laptop when i was stuck in bed so um i i came across to bitcoin for 
uh, trading opportunity. Um, I had no idea. I didn't understand anything about economics. I had no idea that Austrian economics even existed, and I've gone deep down that rabbit hole since, um, thanks to Safe Dean and, and some some other um, sources. And so I came here, came to Bitcoin, looking at it from a wow, it's got really good volatility. It's got really good volume. I think I'll be able to cash in off this. And probably a similar story to most people. I started trading it. Um, and then the altcoins popped up. I'm like, wow, look at all these amazing altcoins. And then I started listening to the likes of uh, Andreas and, and you know, um, many other different crypto figures. And, and I was thinking to myself the whole time, well, you've missed the Bitcoin train, mate. Um, you're, you're seven or eight years late. Maybe with your your skills and ability to read white papers, and all this stuff you can you can go in and find the the next best thing uh, or the next Bitcoin. And so, admittedly and shamefully, that's where I started. However, I think many people will relate to that. Um, and yeah, I, I I read literally hundreds of white papers, John, looking for different um, cryptos to invest in, and and I was a I was a hectic shitcoiner. I really was. And um, I made a lot of money um, in the early stages. I caught the 2017 bull run and uh, I was like, yeah, look at you, mate. You know what you're doing. Um, you might have missed out on Bitcoin, but you caught this alt boom and, and uh, let's find this next, let's find the next Bitcoin. And so that I, I wasted a year, probably uh, even maybe a bit longer doing that. And then the bear market hit. And I wasn't, um, even with the trading abilities I had, I still wasn't anywhere prepped to, to try and catch those falling knives, as you would say. So, um, you know, there was no chart that's going to show <laughs> what happened during that brutal bear market. Um, so that sort of, that scathed me a little bit and it made me reassess everything um, and start to dig a bit deeper into what Bitcoin is and what the altcoins are and, and so on. And um, that's when I started digging deeper into different podcasts and I, I come across the likes of um, uh, Stefan Levera and, and I found Bitcoin Audible, which is obviously named something different when I first found it. Um, and I read Safe's book, The Bitcoin Standard, and then I read it again and then I read it again and I'm like, holy shit, I think, this makes a whole lot of sense to me and uh, something changing me from that day. And I guess it's pretty hard to read that book and have that information presented in that way and not make changes. Um, and it was probably, it was probably around some, I can't tell you exactly John when it was and but it was sometime in 2018 where, I just realized that um, Bitcoin is where it's at for me. Um, that was my perspective on it. And everything that I'd read and researched backed up that theory. And so I started to, you know, um, trade all out of all of my alts into Bitcoin. And then I began the, the accumulation phase. And I sort of set these goals of, you know, you need to get yourself just one Bitcoin. And then once I had that one Bitcoin, I'm like, well, maybe I should get two. And, um, and then once I had two, I'm like, well, yeah. And, and this whole time that I'm doing that, 
I'm, I'm getting deeper and deeper into different Bitcoin podcasts and reading different books and uh, reading VJ Boy Parties, The Bullish Case, and and then reading everything Press and Pish wrote. And, and you know, all, all the, the, the guys that are revered in this space, I just... I probably spent three hours a day just absorbing everything I could. And I've done that for, for close on three years now and still do. And uh, that sort of gave me this, this base and this uh, unwavering view that I need to hold my wealth in Bitcoin and it's a safe place to store our value. Um, and from there, a whole lot of other changes started to happen when I when I sort of understood that Bitcoin is a safe store of value and it can't be inflated away from us and it can't be stolen um, and I can you know transact with anyone I want I, I don't know there's this feeling of freedom came over me and a and a feeling of what I do today actually matters because I can really set up something strong, you know, a real good legacy for myself, my fiance, my children, their children even. And so it's, that's when the, that's when the, 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 the whole um, ethos of Bitcoin started to infiltrate out into other areas of my life. If that makes sense. Totally makes sense. And I want to, I want to dig into that a bit, but before we do, so you were uh, early 2017, still uh, bedridden. And this is when you started trading shit coins and you had that experience. When did you get on this timeline? When did you get resolution uh, or started to get resolution to uh, the health issues effectively? Like when did you get out of bed or when were you no longer bedridden? Uh, so the bedridden thing started around 2016 mm-hmm. and uh, 2000, late 2015. Um, and by 2018, I was feeling like I was a good 90% back to full health. And there was a whole lot of um, reasons that brought me to that point. Um, a, a whole lot of fast water fasting and things like that that <laughs> most people think is just crackpot stuff, but it uh, it worked really well for me. And um, John, I remember sitting with with doctors and having them tell me you'll be on this medication, you know, daily for the rest of your life, and mm-hmm. and me saying I don't accept that. I'm gonna I'm gonna go and find a way to heal myself, and having them literally laugh in my face. And so it, it was a real testing and trying time for me um to to get out of that but i did and, and i did all sorts of crazy you know wacko things some of them were admittedly you know crazy but i was just desperate you know when you're desperate you're trying anything and you've lost your faith in the medical system so you you go on this self exploring <laughs> you know you're just trying to find truth out sure. there and um and uh what, what, what kind of funny what kind of crazy shit are we talking about <laughs> one of the one of the funny things I did was I I had research about how hyperbaric chambers um, could help with this particular problem that I was um, that I was dealing with and and I live in the western side of Australia and the only um, clinic that had them available at the time was Melbourne and you had to do like five hours a day in this thing for 
for two months straight. And so I just, I just bought one and I had one shipped to my house and, and I, I still to this day just remember laying in this hyperbaric chamber with this oxygen mask on my face, pressurized to, you know, equivalent of being five meters underwater and, and just, uh, just listening to Bitcoin podcasts and reading <laughs> Bitcoin books. <laughs> it was a crazy time. Man. So it was about to answer your question. It was about 2000 and um, early 2018 when my health was really starting to come good. And I was, um, yeah, seeing some really good results. Man, it's, it's so, I don't know if you caught the pod with uh, Paul Saladino earlier this week or last week, can't remember, but he's, uh, yeah. So he, he's the carnivore MD and uh, I've spent some time in the healthcare uh, industry as well. And it's so disheartening that primary care providers, most of them, and things are changing, thankfully, but that so many of them have such a narrow vision of first of all, what health even is and then how to achieve it. And so resistant to anything that's outside of the extremely narrow scope of their education and the paradigm they're in. And so, you know, kudos to you for rejecting that. Cause you know, how many people, I mean, most people don't fucking know a goddamn thing about health, right? So they, they sit in front of their doctor and the doctor is like, you know, a, almost a saintly figure. And if the doctor says, look, it's, I hate to tell you this, but you, you're going to have to live with this for the rest of your life. Here's a pill to make it easier on yourself. You know, they're just going to go, fuck, well, I guess that's the way it is. And, uh, you know, the internet is changing that and access to information. And I'm sympathetic to how that can sometimes make it more difficult on doctors when patients come in and like, well, I read this on Google, but you know, that it's a testament to how narrow a scope they're looking at things. And, uh, you know, good for you for rejecting that diagnosis and just deciding you know you, that's not going to be your story and if you got to try a bunch of fucking crazy shit to try to get resolution then you're going to do it and you know that takes a strong mind man because a lot of people i mean fuck the, it's hard to think of a scenario where you'd feel more defeated than being bedridden for years i mean that is like that's that's a tough one to swallow and um and just to to not have let go of that uh, knowledge and determination to get better is 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 a is a testament to uh, you know a strong mind and of course a mind that uh, is willing to kind of search for truth wherever it may lead you right and I'm sure that's also part of the reason you know we talk about um, you know predisposing factors for uh, getting involved in Bitcoin. You know, I'm sure that's one of them for you. I mean, you've got this mind where you're searching all over the place in every different domain for resolution to health issues. I mean, that openness of mind, I'm sure, was part of the the reason why you got hooked into to Bitcoin. Yeah, I, I think you're bang on. And thanks for saying that, John. That that means a lot, mate. Um, I did catch your podcast with with um, Paul Sa- uh, Paul Saladino, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and funnily enough, part of my healing journey was trying a whole lot of different dietary um, rate, you know, regimes, and and I actually went vegan for fourteen months because of all the, 
I now see it, and I don't want to offend anyone, but I now see it to be misinformation, to be honest, based on my experience and further um, a, a lot more reading. Uh, but at the time, I thought I'd give it a try, and I and I did. And um, at the end of it, I certainly wasn't happy with how I was feeling or looking or anything like that. And and I'm actually now a carnivore. Uh, this is this is before I found Paul Saladino. But I, I eat a hundred percent meat tight now, and I feel the fucking best and strongest I ever had. And I don't know if I know this is a bit of a cliche Bitcoin thing because there seems to be so many. Um, Bitcoiners are doing it, and admittedly, I I was swayed slightly by Safe's uh, experience on it. We we um, just private message very briefly about it, and um, he was an advocate for it. And I was already keto anyway because I was doing some um, some some um, body composition competitions um, here in Australia, where we was you know how how fast you could change your body composition how much weight you could lose and all those kinds of things so i was already using the ketogenic diet and so it wasn't much of a big shift to move to the carnivore diet for me anyway but um yeah uh, this is astounding to me like I, i now have zero medications in my life like i don't even take a fucking panadol man mm. nothing i i don't uh, that that could be because i was so um burnt by mainstream medicine and and big pharma that i kind of have a little bit of a hatred for it now so you know I, I'll, I'll light a joint up before i smoke a, a, a i'm sorry before i take a panadol so it's but it, it i feel better and stronger and happier and and more authentic for it and, and so that's it's my experience i don't know what other people's experience is but um a lot of people I've talked to have have sort of gone down that route that have had their health lost and put all their faith into um, modern medicine, modern medicine, and and been left feeling a bit empty and yeah. Uh, I mean, I think jaded from it. I know. think a lot of people feel like it's very much a disaster. You know, like modern medicine. You know, the diagnostic tech is is really compelling and it's kind of allowing us to see how the body functions uh and where there's dysfunction better uh but by and large and you know for acute emergency medicine obviously it's fantastic but as paul was saying in the podcast you know 98 percent or something of of what most people are suffering from are lifestyle diseases and you know most people don't suffer from a deficiency of fill-in-the-blank pharmaceutical drug that's not their problem you know their problem is nutrient deficiencies or or you know they're not exercising enough or they're not in the right environment or there's you know the psychological conditions are are uh not not where they should be and i think more and more people are starting to kind of see behind the veil of how the medical system works you know how the pharmaceutical companies work the pharmaceutical lobby the integration with the medical system you know and just and even if you take away any sort of sinister component of it just seeing it as a very kind of industrial approach to medicine okay you're going to have you wait at your doctor's office you're going to have 10 minutes max with your doctor they're going to ask you one or two questions and you know based on your symptoms they're going to run through their their mind of uh the list of symptoms matching with whatever pill they've recently been educated about by the pharmaceutical reps or in their um 
you know, in their book of which medicines pair with which symptoms, they're going to send you off and say, try this and, you know, call me in, in six weeks and see if anything's different, you know, and I, from a, a numbers perspective, I can appreciate why that kind of developed. Um, but it's so perverse. I mean, it's so, it's so counter to what my uh, notion of, of health and vitality really is. And I think that's the case for a growing number of people. And, you know, as with Bitcoin, you know, like Bitcoin has this um, funny ability of kind of those orange uh, glasses that you put on, you just kind of let you see the, the lines of code in the matrix, right? I mean, it's a very weird thing that once you, you start to appreciate what Bitcoin represents and, and how much money influences everything, it kind of melts away the facade on a lot of things. And you, you seem to be able to appraise things in a more, uh, in a more clear or truthful manner. And it's, uh, I think this is part of the reason why we see the types of behavior change we see across the board, or not across the board, but when people are kind of uh, inspired to change their behavior with Bitcoin, we see a lot of similarities in the types of behavior they change because you know, whatever mechanism is underpinning this, whatever process is, is, it seems to be similar across people. And so people look at their diet and they look at their, their fitness regime and they look at, you know, the relationships in their lives and they look at the environment that they're in and they look at their mindset and they, you know, they just appraise all these things. And we, we all seem to be kind of converging on, on similar uh, opinions and notions and approaches about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree, mate. And you mentioned something about, um, and, and it would be remiss of me not to say it, that the, the the surgeons that take care of us when we have accidents and car accidents, you know, they're, they're utter saints. They really are. And so I'm not dismissing all of that. And, and there's some doctors with, with really um, you know, hearts for the people to, it, it's not all of them. I just think they're stuck in a, in a system that's designed to... Exactly. To, to, to drag profit out of a person. Um, yeah. I think they're mostly uh, well-intentioned, right? They're, yeah, I you know. believe that, yeah. Agreed. Uh, so I just wanted to say that because I sort yeah, of yeah, felt yeah. like I was bashing <laughs> them for a little bit, but that, that, was my, that was my experience anyway. And so, um, yeah, you're right. And I, I think all of that, um, that experience sort of... I, back, back then, I, was, I, I seemed to be living... Uh, just sort of in the moment or the, and, and there's nothing wrong with being in the moment. I, I'm, you know, I meditate and I you know, do a lot of breath work every day. And so I'm all about being in the moment and present, but it, when it comes to finances, I think part of my reason for wanting to spend and consume was uh, maybe it was subconscious, but just, I don't know, Bitcoin changed everything for me in the way that knowing that it can't be inflated away and knowing that it can't be stolen and knowing that the only way someone can, uh, it can be taken from me is if, it's, is if I give it, um, it, it sort of just changed my subconscious a little bit, which then seeped into everything, including daily spending habits. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid thirties, John, with, uh, I won't say exactly how many kids, but there's a fair few kids running around out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, find, finding a, an hour free to talk with you is, is, a, is a difficult task on itself. But um, uh, yeah, so it, it, it's sort of, I wouldn't say I'm a tight ass by any stretch. I, I bless my 
my fiance and take care of my kids with you know absolutely the best way I can. But every before the old me would would just buy anything I wanted very flippantly, and now I have that chat with myself: is is this entirely essential? Do I need this right now? Uh, and if I don't, and ninety five percent of the time I don't need it, uh, I'll buy Bitcoin instead. And I've done that for for nearly three years now, and I cannot believe the profound effects that's had on what we've been able to save. And I was always a saver of sorts. Like I was brought up with good principles and taught good habits, but it's just been fucking supercharged since I, since Bitcoin came, came my way and I understood what it was and the technology. It's just sort of um, made it so that, I don't know. I, I don't spend much at all now. <laughs> I spend these. I, I don't skimp. Yeah, that's right. I don't skimp one bit on health. Like when it comes to food, we buy really good quality meats, and uh, we. I, I took you know six months to to build this massive garden out the back for my for my family and for the kids and that. And so we we are fully self sufficient when it comes to greens and veggies and everything like that. Um, as you know, I'm a carnivore, so I eat 100% carnivore. So we don't skimp on that, but everything else is all, it's all comes down to a question of, do you really need it? Can it wait? Um, and I always think to myself, like we're on the verge of a bull run here. Like, you know, if you spend, you spend five grand now, that's probably 50 grand by the end of this epoch. (laughs) So, um, that's, that's had a profound change on, on spending habits and, um, which has then had a profound effect on how much we've been able to save and um you know store away for our future and so on yeah i want to i want to explore that uh in a sec but just to to put a final uh, capstone on the health piece you you know we you mentioned some of the uh wackier quote-unquote wackier stuff that you explored to try to get resolution and when you got resolution but what what were and you know without knowing the specifics uh you know i'm i'm not sure how relevant to be, but I'd just be interested to know what were some of the uh, things that you did that you actually found to be the most effective at getting you back on your feet and getting strong again? Uh, the most effective things was, um, believe it or not, was some particular essential oils. <laughs> I know people are going to just fucking laugh at this, but <laughs> for me, I was trying to kill um, what I was told was a un killable virus in my body and um, I'd have to take antivirals every day for the rest of my life till I die and so that that was weighing on my mind and so with a mixture of long periods of extended fasting um, this will sound wacky to people because I did multiple uh, 14 21 and 30 day water fasts Um, so to consume nothing but water with Himalayan salt in it for up to 30 days, quite a few times. Um, and then was my, my fiance is like the, I lovingly call her the, the witch doctor. Um, she, she makes all, you know, all sorts of crazy stuff for me using essential oils and so on. And I used to laugh at her. So I, um, you know, I had to, I had to eat some humble pie because it, it <laughs> was really, it was really effective mate. Um, when it was, put in certain places on my body. So there was a lot of essential oil uses there, which 
if if you knew me like personally and you know the type of guy that I am, um, this would just be something you would never hear come out of my mouth a few years ago because I would have just would have laughed at that and said you're a fuckwit. <laughs> um, that, that's the honest truth. But here I am. It worked phenomenally for me. Um, there was a whole lot of different um, um, plant powders um, that I used. Uh, I used some um, different injectable peptides, um, body body healing peptides that helped me. Uh, the hyperbaric chamber oxygen therapy uh, worked really well for me. Uh, I then delved into breath work. I went and trained. Um, not one-on-one, but I, I did train in a group setting with Wim Hof. I don't know if you've heard of sure. Wim yeah. Hof, but uh, breathwork was phenomenal for me. Um, mindfulness, like I, I went down the route of uh, learning how to be 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 mindful and use affirmation. <laughs> I know, I know, to you, I know where you're coming from. Trust me. Because uh, <laughs> you, I would have laughed at the bloke that was saying this uh, only a few years ago. So next thing you're going to tell me, me, next thing you're going to tell me about your vision board in your bed, in your bedroom. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, I'm, if someone's listening to this podcast and they're pissing themselves laughing at me, I understand because it, it, it was, <laughs> Fuck it, that, it man. Just... Whatever fucking works. That's all that matters. Whatever fucking works. Well, it did work, John. That, that's yeah. the thing. It, it really did work. And so I'd spend every morning, um, you know, spending an hour just, um, you know, <laughs> uh, using affirmations to heal myself. And But it worked. It, it yeah. fucking worked. And, yeah. and the medications weren't working. And so I, when people say what was the, what was the one main thing that, that work the best for you. It's really difficult for me to answer that. But as a whole, all of these things together, all these holistical um, modalities would just, I don't know, they just seem to work wonders for me. And, and, and here I am like, no, no one can argue with me. I, I don't, I don't have any pharmaceutical. I don't rely on anything. I get up in the morning and I bounce out of bed. We're up at four thirty. my fiance and I, and we walk for two hours. And I come home and I do a bit of breath work and, and uh, in summer we, we do ice bath immersions. And so it, this is, this is all foreign to me years ago, but here I am now. And, and I genuinely, I, I genuinely think John that Bitcoin had a part to play with, with some of these things because it, it, it made me think more about, um, about my future and being stronger and better to be able to enjoy the increased purchasing power that I know is coming our way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be, you know, half arsing that I didn't want to have only half health. What's the point of having all this wealth if you don't have your health, right? Yeah. So it, it yeah, I think health, someone once said to me, health is your base wealth and it sort of stuck with me and, um, so, so that was sort of my my foundations was to build a strong health. I've done that. I have that. I know how to keep that. And um, I hope that everyone would go down that journey at some point and find different things. And if you're not feeling, if you're feeling like maybe main, mainstream medical or big pharma has failed you, that isn't the end. Like you'd, I remember that just feeling of utter desperation and helplessness like what the fuck how how 
you know, once you've done a week, a month, three months, six months, nine months laying in bed, you, you, I was suicidal, John. And mm. uh, if not for my kids, I probably, probably maybe we wouldn't be having this chat. It would, mm. you got that grim at a few points there. So, um, fuck, we went deep. <laughs> we went it, deep no, man. I mean, it's... that's what I said about you at the start. You got this <laughs> way of pulling, pulling things out of people, man. <laughs> Look, man, I mean, I, I think everyone listening would have probably been in the same boat. I mean, when you're debilitated to that degree, when, when, when control has been taken from you to that extent, I mean, obviously those, th- those are, you'd be coming up against, you know, uh, thoughts like the ones you just articulated. Like, yeah, I mean, what the fuck is the point anymore? If I, if I can't get out of this absolute shit situation I'm in and thank, you know, thank God that you did have your kids to, to give you inspiration to keep going. But, you know, back to the, uh, well, all this is wrapped up and you were saying um, about kind of where you're at now with Bitcoin. Like one of the things that I can't avoid feeling and it just increases is, you know, I've always, health has always been important to me and I've always kind of had a sense, like I want it to be in control. I didn't want to have to have, other people um i don't want to have to rely i wanted to reduce my reliance on as many different things as possible right because the the reliance makes me feel like i'm not in control and um you know your experience with your health is is a great example of that and of course bitcoin is a huge example of taking financial control taking financial sovereignty not being subject to the whims uh, you know, not having your time and your savings be subject to the whims of, you know, XYZ bureaucrat who's diluting it, who's stealing it, who's cutting off your access to it. And uh, one of the, the the things that I think motivates all this auxiliary behavior um, from that a lot of Bitcoiners are now articulating and ex- experiencing and expressing is that like intoxicating feeling of taking back control for all of these things. Because I tell you, man, like I said this on a podcast recently, but like when you're on top of your health and you said like, I'm not going to delegate this to fucking anybody. It's like, I'm going to take care of it and I'm going to optimize it, you know, to the extent that I can. And when you do that for your finances and when you do that for your mind, like you're not going to be conditioned and brainwashed by shit. You're actually going to try to figure things out for yourself and contextualize your reality the best you can and do that for all these different things. Like it's this inner, yeah, it's strength, fire. I don't know, but like it, it's so additive when you start doing that on in, in every different domain that you can identify. And the more you do it, that's the feeling that I crave. Like, you you know, we all talk about the further we get into Bitcoin, you know, the more we save, the less we spend. And I think at least part of that is not even just like, a, so I can have more money in the future. It's that like squirreling away each additional sat just gives the, bestows that feeling of, you know, added strength and independence and, uh, and freedom. And, that, and, finding that in every other domain that you can, that seems to be the game now. Like, okay, look, like finances are going to be taken care of, right? And if this plays out the way we believe, I'm going to be in control of my finances and I'll have not enough to live the life for myself and my family that I desire to live. 
but the, yeah, and, and the funny thing about that is like most Bitcoiners don't have very ostentatious goals for their wealth in the future. They're like, yeah, I want like a, a nice place to live with my family, maybe in a rural setting and, you know, I want to eat meat and spend time in nature and exercise and hang out with loved ones. Like, you know, people aren't talking about Lambos and shit like that. And so one, you know, it's fairly conservative aspirations, but I think that's because we're starting to realize that the thing that really sets us on fire, the things that really like gives that core feeling of strength and power is taking back control and establishing sovereignty over all these different aspects of our lives. And then with those things established, engaging with other people that have done the same in, you know, what is really like beautiful relationships, whether they're, you know, only over the internet for now, or whether they happen in person, it's like, what do you want more? You, you want to be totally independent, free and sovereign, not, not under the thumb or conditioned or influenced by, you know, any external factor and you want to engage with other people that are doing the same and you know beyond that what do you want and so it's really interesting to see um more and more people i think starting to get this inner feeling and then having that translate into how they uh you know reduce their dependencies in various areas of their life and it sounds like you know that's <laughs> it sounds like that's been a big uh, part of your journey as well yeah, it, it has, man. And that, and that's so true. And I think that's why I love the, um, I'm new to Twitter and new to Bitcoin Twitter. Um, and that's partly because I, um, I, I did this social media cleanse where I just got rid of every social I had, you know, Facebook and, um, <clears throat> and I never had Twitter for a start. And so I was just sort of, you know, get, getting rid of everything. And then I, um, downloaded Twitter not all that long ago, only only some months ago, and and I just like fell in love with the with the it, like you said, I've never met anyone. You're the first one that I've spoken to. Uh, it's not even face to face, but it's as good as face to face gets. I can see you. I'm sorry you can't see me, man. I, maybe one day I'll, I saw the photo I'll, earlier. Yeah, you, you did. <laughs> maybe one day I'll release my identity. I don't know. I'm just. I'm torn about that. I've listened to too many uh, people podcasting about it, but yeah. I'm not sure where I want to go. But there's something about the Bitcoin community where they're just this, uh, it's just a, a group of sovereign individuals that have had enough and they're not willing to take any more shit in any areas of their life is, is what I feel. Mm-hmm. And that's um, definitely how it feels for me. And so, you know, been around other like-minded people like that and there's so many fucking intelligent people on twitter um i've learned so much <laughs> being on twitter so yeah I, I love that aspect of the um, bitcoin twitter community and everyone that's listening to this and um it, it's it's bloody awesome yeah it, it really is. is john yeah what um you know to bring everything up to speed today you know you mentioned you know you're growing food you're on the carnivore diet you're your extremely low time preference saving while still providing a, you know, great life for your, your family. What's uh, in terms of aspirations, goals, or just, you know, kind of intellectual curiosity, what's, what's consuming most of your, your mind space these days or, or what, you know, is, is a goal that you you're still working towards? Um, there's two. Um, one 
one burning goal in the forefront of my mind is to take take my family and and live mobile meaning we want to have a fully moving house <laughs> whether it's a tiny home or something i'm not exactly sure just yet or whether it's a, a caravan or something like that but that that has been a goal of ours for a couple of years because it's it's funny you you, you alluded to it before about how everyone sort of starts um, rightly or wrongly with uh, you know you want the big flashy house and you want all the cars and a garage full of cool shit um, I for some reason don't want any of that anymore I just I just and I don't know I'm pretty sure it's Bitcoin has done this I, I, I there's no other factor maybe it was partly Bitcoin and partly losing my health and reassessing everything maybe but um, I don't want any of that anymore. Like when I first started trading Bitcoin, I thought that it was just going to be to acquire the Lambo, you know, like you said, to, um, you know, get those toys. But I have no desire for that whatsoever. And there's so many other Bitcoiners that I've listened to that are in the same boat that are extremely wealthy already. People that were far earlier than me that could literally buy whatever toy they want, yet they haven't. They just want to live on the land with their family around them, the people that they love and care for, living sovereignly, not having to you know, bow to anyone, not have to ask for, for fucking permission for anything um, and taking care of yourself and those around you. And that's, that's it for me. And, and um, myself and my, my fiance and my children, we just want to be on the road, John, where we're, we're moving, moving along the, you know, Australia's a beautiful place. It's, it's a bit, bit fucked up at the moment there's a lot of bad stuff going on over here but um in in terms of living sovereignly it's getting a bit increasingly more difficult over here i, I know canada's got some similar issues but um yeah that that's sort of one of the things at the forefront of our mind is to is to do that um what was your other question sorry john i forgot well i'll i'll remember that in a sec but i think you know i love that and uh, i think maybe a few minutes ago i could have summed it up more simply and said i think what's going on here is that Bitcoiners just like their main goal is to just uh, amplify that feeling of freedom. Like that's what we're, that seems to be what we're chasing here is the feeling of freedom. And perhaps Bitcoin has imbued us for the first time with a real sense that we can actually establish freedom. You know, perhaps we looked out on the world before and we thought that the problems were, were too great to uh, overcome. And thus, you know, we could never really attain, you know, a certain level of freedom that we might have even only subconsciously aspired to. But I think now it's giving us a sense that no, freedom is available or going to be available to us. And it just seems to me like all of these decisions we're making, whether it's taking back autonomy or control or responsibility for a variety of things, or having the optionality to be mobile, whether that means a mobile home or crossing borders or multiple passports or, or whatever, uh, it, it just it all seems to be around this idea of just increasing the feeling of freedom. Um, yeah. And man, that's such a fucking awesome thing. Uh, and it's so crazy that so many people are simultaneously uh, aspiring to that and searching for that and, and uh, building that in their lives. Uh, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it, it's such a unique 
period in, t- in time right now. And I, I think even those among us who talk about this a lot and, and, and appreciate and can kind of see an inkling of a shadow of the phenomenon that's unfolding, I think even we will only in hindsight realize um, how special and, and interesting it is or was. And uh, yeah, man, I, I, I think that's what's, that's what's going on. I mean, everyone's just fuck, fuck the Lambo and fuck, you know, the, the big house is like, I want the, the sense, the felt sense of freedom is, is what I think yeah. we're all after for uh, ourselves and the ones we love. And, and now we have the tools to construct that and it's super fucking cool. Yeah. Agreed. And, and there's something about knowing that and how that changes your daily actions, isn't it? Like you, oh. you can't not, but want to have the best health you can possibly have. Um, if you know that you've got the freedom to go and live the life that you want to live like this, it, it, it can't not infiltrate into other areas of your life. And that's when I start like, um, you know, red pilling new, new people into Bitcoin. And, and that's a huge passion of mine. Like, <laughs> so many people out of Bitcoin is because it's I just yabbering in their ear nonstop. And they're like, why are you so passionate about this thing? Is just so money orientated. I'm like, man, it's not about that. It's, it, it admittedly you'll come to bitcoin for the money for the mm-hmm. gains like it, it's crypto will just drag in those mad gains as everyone talks about but when you delve into it it's so much more than that that becomes like the of course that's huge part of the number go up technology like we know that's that's a huge part of it but i would argue that the the what you just said the the ability to to know that you've got freedom and that no one can take that from you is more important than than the money well, well i think they're they're integrated aren't they the, the fact that you know that your 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 wealth can't be inflated away and most likely it's your purchasing power is going to increase brings freedom doesn't it because you you can it, it opens up the options that you've got which is freedom so exactly yeah, I, mean, I, think... I couldn't be more passionate about it and I mean, people <laughs> say how the fuck do you spend three or four hours every day listening to this same old Bitcoin shit. How do you, how can you possibly do that? I'm like, man, I, I jump out of bed in the morning. Um, I go on, I go on a walk with my fiance. We talk half of that talks about Bitcoin. <laughs> Admittedly, she's probably like, can we talk about something? <laughs> half, of, <laughs> half of it's about Bitcoin. And then, and then when I do my own, you know, my own training um, later in the afternoon, it's always with the AirPods in, listen to, uh, you know, all the different podcasts and yours is a huge one now. And, and, you know, uh, once bidden and, and, um, you know, listen to Stefan LeBear and safety and the likes of Robert Breedlove. Like I just listen to these guys nonstop, nonstop. I can't get enough of it. And it's not because I'm thinking I'm going to get rich. It's because, holy shit, this thing brings a level of freedom that I have always chased, but didn't know I was chasing. And now it's available and there's something really powerful and special about that. Totally. Well, I mean, we're all like that, man. You just, you not only do you want to just kind of connect with your brethren all around the world, even if you're just kind of eavesdropping on a conversation they're having, but you want to hear all of these different thoughts that are, that are addressing this thing. You know, Bitcoin is that foundation upon which freedom can be built. It's not the end game. It's mm-hmm. just the foundation. And so we're all, you know, wondering like, 
how and what to build on top of it and how best to use it as a tool to establish that freedom and how best to use it as a tool to, to get the things that we want out of life. And so like, you're not alone, dude, where everyone listening to this is the same fucking way. I mean, we, we probably spend way too much time from an outside perspective on, on reading and listening and, you know, all of the stuff that you just mentioned, but uh, it's too, you know, cause it's, it's just too compelling not to. And I, I often say, I kind of, you know, the caveat to all this is we could be wrong, obviously. Exactly. Right? We, we, exactly. we could totally be wrong. Uh, and yeah. if, we're, if we're wrong, we'll have a bit of an egg on our face and some people we know yeah. might, might laugh at us. But one, yeah. the saving grace there is like, I, I know my intent. So even if I'm wrong, I'm not going to hate myself. I'm not going to beat myself up for it because I, I know what my intent was. And I'm okay being wrong with the right intent. On the flip side of that, if we're right, uh, then I think it's pretty fucking justified to be de- to be devoting the amount of kind of attention that we're devoting to this thing and engaging in it at the level that we're engaging it because it will be a fucking enormous deal and and kind of inflection point in the history of humanity. So, you know, you, you kind of have to allow yourself the latitude to believe that this really could be what we think it is. And if if so then it's fucking deserving of, of our attention and it's deserving of, you know, interrupting the dinner table conversation with every now and then with, you know, a yeah. few, few fresh thoughts on. Yeah, agreed. And, and that is always a caveat, isn't it, John? We could, we could be wrong. It's, it's absolutely possible that we could be wrong. But think about um, all the different The more things. reading I do, the more, the more stuff I study, the less likely that appears to me. And it's definitely totally, not... Totally. It, it's not because my bags weigh heavy, as some people say. Like you've, you've, you've over, you've over capitalized on it, or you, you're, you're irresponsibly long, is what I've, to, I've been told, and I admittedly am irresponsibly long. If if I yeah, go back uh, to the the old financial scene of, of how to allocate a portfolio, fuck yeah, I'm irresponsibly long. I sold my house and my other house and everything else I own for Bitcoin. So yeah, I'm irresponsibly <laughs> long, but that didn't come from reading one article that that came, that came from uh, i'd say i'm bordering a thousand hours of study and, and most bitcoiners are and that's yeah i said i said, I said that's that to, the difference i said that to preston last night and he corrected me immediately he said no i'm responsibly long <laughs> that's so cool he said that because I, I wrote a i wrote a post on twitter about um about two or three weeks ago saying um i, I think you, you would remember Rao Rao powell posted something about um irresponsibly long and he's allocated 40 percent. and i was like fuck <laughs> i'm like i'm like 99.95 percent long and i am irresponsibly and then in brackets wrote responsibly long <laughs> so I amazing <laughs> amazing anyway. i mean it's 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 hard not to be man when you when you really think you got a handle on this thing the way many of us do it's it's hard not to put every available uh every available dollar or 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 euro or yen or whatever uh to work in yeah. this thing but um fuck what was i gonna say um what were we just talking about before irresponsibly long um Uh, it's lost now. I can't um, remember. One We're thing as bad I, as each other, mate. I know. I once it's gone, it's gone. One uh, mushrooms for me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things that uh, I wanted to ask you about, you mentioned it briefly, 
and I don't want to spend too much time on it because, you know, it is what it is. And we don't have much control over these things, but, you know, Australia has uh, not gotten the best press lately over all this COVID stuff. Do you ever have any kind of ideas of uh, possibly, you know, leaving the country at some point if, if things deteriorate? Yes. yes. Yeah, we do. And um, that, again, that's like this, this overwhelming feeling of peace, knowing that the transition to do that's not going to be anywhere near as difficult, knowing that I can carry my wealth in my head if it comes to it. <laughs> and yeah, it, it is, man, thank God we're not living in Victoria and anyone, any of my Australian brothers and sisters that are listening to this that are in Victoria, holy fuck. It's uh, not, it's not as bad where me. you are. No, it's not. It's like a walk in the park where we are over here in the West of Australia, but in Victoria, um, you know, without getting political, it appears they're being led by a psychopath over there, and, um, and it's it's bad. You know, it's like communist China over there, mate. That's the um, the police are are a little out of control, and so all these all these um, these thoughts of having to leave and flee a country, um, taking your Bitcoin with you, was all just just um, you know, nonsense talk a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Like it, it, life was all pretty easy in most places for that, uh, for those of us living in Western countries that are, you know, um, blessed. Uh, but now it's like, holy shit, things are escalating really fast. And I think that's why, why Bitcoin is being looked at by more people because there's a feeling of deep uncertainty in everyone. You can see it in the eyes of people at the shops, man. You can, friends that that are that have otherwise been you know seem seemingly very comfortable in their lives and now have got this look of i don't know i don't feel so certain anymore and and this has been a, a good intro into being able to bring up bitcoin and at least chat to them about their options of storing wealth there and having the ability to move move their um you know having financial sovereignty at least uh, because yeah, things are, and I know Canada's. You know, I'm following what's going on over over there as well. Because you, you're Canadian, aren't you, John? Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's a bit scary. It really is, mate. It's ridiculous, um, and not enough people, as far as I'm concerned, seem to concern seem to uh, have an issue with with how things are being handled. And you know, you're right. The timeline, uh, especially for us Bitcoiners, has been advanced rapidly, and I think we this year have been forced to kind of, I, I've said this before, and like, I know this wasn't like exclusively a game for us all, but you know, stacking stats and mixing up on Twitter, is like kind of fun. And we're, we're all getting towards the place that we want to get to slowly. But I think what happened this year was just a, a bit of a wake up call to say, like, do you have your ducks in a row? Because, you know, you, you may have to, um, you may have to have them in a row sooner than you think in, uh, you know, in order to protect yourself or your family or, or maintain that that life or continue to working towards that life that you'd been imagining for yourself. And it's, uh, it's been, I mean, thank fuck Bitcoin exists because again, I, it's such a source of hope, but it's been, it has been very disheartening to see um, people's kind of one abject um, disinterest um, and disregard for truth in this day and age. I mean, everything is just, just seems to be running on emotion and fear 
you know, I, I, you know, in all this stuff, I don't see a consultation of the best data that we have to form, you know, rational, logical decisions on things. It just, it just seems to be fear. And a lot of people seem to be in that boat. Um, and you know what, like it, we kind of were, the world seems to be waiting for things to kind of return to some sense of normalcy, but you know, it's possible that it doesn't, you know, it's possible that things kind of continue on, on their current trajectory and, and things get weird. So I think that's why, you know, Bitcoiners again are kind of have been uh, motivated to, you know, step their game up a little bit this year and, and prepare for things not necessarily going back to how they were before. And I did just remember what I uh, wanted to say a few minutes ago. It was just a point that uh, on, we were talking about if we were wrong, that's what we were talking about. And um, if we are, and I, I don't know why I had to make this point because it's really not a huge point, but it, it, it came back to my mind. Um, even if we're wrong, look at the, Im- the positive impact that engaging in this thing has had on so many people's lives. So like how many things have you ever engaged in that had such a you know, pervasive positive impact on so many different areas of your life? So look, Bitcoin fails tomorrow. It's, it's, you know, it was a, probably a net positive for everyone, even, you know, with the lost savings, probably a net positive for a lot of the people that, uh, that have been, you know, you know, really deep involved in it. So, um, that's a saving grace too, if we're wrong. And, and, um, sort of a disclaimer for my irresponsibly long position is I'm in my mid thirties. And while I do have children to take care of and a family like I'm, I'm able-bodied to be able to go and rebuild you know so um you know, if someone was in their 80s <laughs> 70s maybe it would be a good idea to sell sell all your shit fuck it all um, in grandma <laughs> um you know but in, in saying that uh it was it was in 2017 i know 2000 early 2018 where you know i had a chat with my my own parents um about moving a portion of their superannuation over to bitcoin just to consider it and before i knew it they'd move 10 percent across and then that become 20 and then that becomes 30 and then and then they started delving down the rabbit hole on their own and holy and shit far, yeah john fast forward to this date they're 100 percent in and and they've tripled their superannuation and so it's like Fuck. yes it could still all come unstuck but it, it i think Maybe back in 2017, 18, 19, um, the, the, the feelings of we could be wrong were a little bit stronger. It, it's, I think when you got the likes of like Paul Tudor Jones and, uh, you know, Michael Saylor with, you know, micro strategy and they're moving $450 million as their reserve, reserve asset on their balance sheet. Like that's pretty fucking bullish. And, and it's, it's like, well, if they're seeing it that way, these guys aren't dummies. And, um, it, you know, we, I know you and I and many other Bitcoiners that already made the decision to go all in or close to it. But this is just sort of like solidifies the, yeah, you're on the right track. Like it's not just, it's not stupid talk. There's something to this. And totally. Um, yeah. I think that's, you know, those, uh, those moves that you mentioned by those people and organizations. I mean, they're obviously, I think they're going to be seen as watershed moments because, you know, the, the term de-risking, you know, Bitcoin investing has been thrown around lately. And, 
you know, that's what they do. And so like you can sit around the dinner table and before you were just, you know, like a, a weirdo who was interested in magic internet money. <laughs> but now, you know, you've got the biggest investors and, and big public companies uh, appraising things and assessing things and seeing things in the same way that you are. And then you can just be like, well, okay, you, you may think I'm a bit of a nut, but what about these guys, you know, and, and look at what they've done. Look yeah. what they've said about it and how similar is what they're saying to what I've been saying for the last number of years. So yeah, exactly. I think yeah. that's going to have a big effect. I, I, when you first said that you, you know, now your, your parents are all in a, had a funny image of like you and your dad messaging back and forth about who's more irresponsibly long. Like, well, I'm 99.5% in. <laughs> the conversation always started back in the day of, um, he was a massive shit kind of too, because when, when I, um, when I first came to the conclusion that Bitcoin's where I want to be, it took me like another, like nine months of just pleading with my father to, to just read this information. I've got you read this book. I bought him safe Dean's book. I'm like, Fucking read this thing, please. I'll pay you 500 bucks to read this book. Like <laughs> I, I need you to read it that. Um, and so that took a, took a bit of work because YouTube's like a oh, crypto YouTube and it's just full of nonsense. You know? Yeah, it really is. And, and anywhere but um, Twitter is pretty shit for Bitcoin and yeah. crypto stuff. You know, Instagram is. is just all these yeah. fucking trader coach just nonsense. bullshit people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it really is mate. So yeah, that's, that's um, you know, that's funny. And I'm, what, I'm, when he finally, what, what set him over the edge? Was it safe's book? Um, he, he didn't read it proper. Do you know what? I think, um, a lot of it was just me continuing to sit with him and speak with him and, and talk about what I'd read. And he'd be like, look, you read the books and tell me. And, and so it was, there was a lot of weight on my shoulders in terms of fuck, man, you better be right. And so this was, this sort of helped me to dig deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper as I could. Like I spent, Man, I spent a year trying to tear Bitcoin apart, like find the, find the weak points, find where it's going to fail, find all this stuff because it ain't just your money anymore. It's also your parents and, and now in-laws as well, John, a fair percentage of, of, of their, um, and they're all happy right now. You know, this, this is good right now, but, um, you know, that, that burden where weighs heavy, doesn't it? So that, sure, yeah. that's good because it forces you to dig deeper and try and find the holes in it. And, um, Admittedly, I, I come up empty when I kept trying to find holes in it and so on. So that's amazing, dude. Yeah, and and yeah. You're, you're you mentioned kind of talking about it with your fiance on those walks. Like, is she? I'm sure you want to talk about it more than she wants to talk about it. But is she receptive to kind of the thesis around Bitcoin? She kind of gets why you're so into it. Yeah, she does, man. She she is a she's a beautiful woman like to you know, put up with me for a start is like i gotta i owe at least a couple of bitcoins for that. <laughs> so, um, but now it's sort of it's more around we're both quite comfortable in the research that we've done and when i say the research we've done it's the research that i've done and then i download it to her on these 90 to 90 minute two hour walks every morning um but now it's sort of a little bit about the excitement of the life we're able to live already um because life's very different for us already in the way that uh, i told you before how it off, off offloaded all these liabilities otherwise known as toys and and also properties and so on and so 
life's extremely stress-free now. We both have our health. The kids have their health. Um, life already looks really different than it did three years ago. So it's not like we're waiting. Everyone sort of thinks that you're waiting for this moon moment, but I think it can have profound changes on your life far sooner than that if you allow it to by just changing the way you think about your time. It's time preference, isn't it? Lowering your time preference instead of high time preference. And so, yeah, we'll spend we'll spend a good, you know, 30 to 60 minutes every morning talking about it and the lifestyle that we want to ultimately live and how that's going to look. So we, we've got plenty of time to discuss that. And these are chats that we probably wouldn't be having if not for Bitcoin because I'd still be on the hamster wheel paying for all the shit that I'd bought to impress other people. Um, you know, and I don't know if that, if anyone relates to that that's listening to this, but if you are and you don't like it, just fucking change it. Just start, just start selling stuff. Just convert it to hard money, you know, and uh, set your future up is yeah. my view on it. Could be wrong, like you said, but it seems... Sell everything that's, that's, towards that's the not right. essential, right? Just convert everything yeah. that's not essential to SaaS, yeah, simplify yeah. life. And, and yeah. man, what, what you just said is, uh, is so beautiful. I think a lot of people uh, will be able to relate to that or at least are kind of in the process of aspiring to that. And it just, I love to hear that, man. It's what it's, in my mind, that's what it's all about. I mean, that simplicity um, uh, and the freedom that, I mean, it's, you just said, you know, like life is a lot different than it was three years ago. We've simplified it. You're, we, you know, we're happier. We're, we're, we're more free. And that's, uh, mm. it's a beautiful thing uh, to hear. And uh, I love that this is happening to, to so many people all over the world. And I think that's that's probably a decent place to put a pin in it for now, man, unless there was uh, yeah. something that, that we didn't cover or you wanted to share or discuss. Something else? No, uh, absolutely. You've, uh, mate, you've um, given me so much of your time. I've had a real blast chatting to you about this, John. Um, what a great combo, mate. You've got me pumped up and amped up. It's, it's like <laughs> Likewise, 10 man. past nine at night here. I don't know how I'm going to fall asleep now, man. I love talking to other Bitcoiners and they're few and far between to find in real life for me. So um, That's the problem yeah, with late night, you, late night podcasts. I always got to have like a, a beer or two to calm myself down after I'm done. <laughs> it might be a joint for me if I'm allowed to say that. But, um, yeah, look, man, thank you so much for, um, you know, sort of, taking the time to hear me out because as I said before, you, you, you don't know who I am. I'm just a nobody on Twitter and these could have gone one of two ways and I, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, mate. So you're I, I, a champ. Thank I, you. I loved it, man. I feel like uh, I probably do know you a little bit now and uh, I, I really appreciate you being so open, sharing your experiences and uh, I, I wish nothing but the best for you uh, in the future. And I'm sure we'll talk again at some point. Thanks, thanks, John. And if 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 I'm allowed, um, if anyone did want to connect with me on Twitter, Twitter, I'd love that. I love other Bitcoiners. You can find me as Bitcoin Maxi, uh, and I <laughs> I picked that name because I was just so like convinced that I'm a Bitcoin maximalist, and I don't want any shitcoinery that <laughs> anyone else will, will not bother <laughs> trying but to connect with me. So isn't isn't your handle Bitcoin Maxi Hoddle? Yeah. Right. Maxi Hoddle, correct. Yeah, there you go. Right. So yeah. uh, thanks, Steve, for clarifying that. <laughs> All right, fairly brother. new to Twitter, John. Yeah. Mate, thank you so much. You Be have well. a great day, I think, for you, and I'll, I'll sleep well. I hope we do this again one day. Yeah, we will for sure, man. Take care. Thanks, brother. Cheers. Yeah.